You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago with today's special edition of Catholic Schools Today on WNDZ 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You can also get us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, executive director of the cathedral. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Dude, how was your weekend? It was very good. We had... You were there. We had that celebration for the uh, members of the Vatican Treasures, the preservation group at Cathedral. They had a beautiful, uh, beautiful presentation. Father Camelli, you greeted them. Uh, Beautiful tour, that beautiful viewing of that painting that they restore, the Annunciation. Also Cardinal Subic's Galero. That was something else. Father Andy uh, did a beautiful presentation and to think all of those Galeros that are hanging, you notice Cardinal Mundelines is just about fading away. Yeah, and to let our listeners know, a Galero is a red, wide-brimmed hat with tassels um, for the Archbishop of the Cardinal of Chicago, and upon their death, it is hung to the ceiling of the cathedral. So you have Cardinal Mundelein, Cardinal Stritch, Cardinal Meyer, Cardinal Cody, Cardinal... Bernadine. Bernadine, Cardinal George, that's six that are hanging. Right. So upon the 30th day of the death of Cardinal Supic, hopefully 30 years from now, his glare will hang from the ceiling of the cathedral. Where do they hang Chicago. the rector's hat? Um, <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a great program lined up today. Again, 312-255-8408 on this Catholic Schools Today. The Office of Catholic Schools and DePaul University have partnered to create a Catholic Identity Justice Micro-Credential Program for Catholic school administrators, teachers, and staff. Dr. Molly Cinnamon participated in the program, and her enthusiasm has encouraged other school staff to register. So with us in the program this morning, Dr. Donna Keel, Director of Office of Innovative Professional Learning, DePaul University, and Dr. Molly Cinnamon, Principal of Pope John the Twenty Third School, Good morning to both Don Yudana and Tamali. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the program. You are both so young. Your voices are even younger. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Father. <laughs> and, You're um, a student. Part. Yeah. And you're both, I know. It's interesting with Dr. Molly Cinnamon. As I left St. Mary's in 2016, which was St. Mary's, St. Nicholas, with Pope John the Twenty Third, you arrived three years later in 2019. Yes. And, there are great, great, great things about you as a principal oh, of Pope John XXIII from people that I know from St. Mary's. So maybe for a moment, um, as we get the program kicked off, is 
Nomali, how did this whole initiative even happen? Because you said uh, before the program you are a pandemic principal arriving in 2019. You hooked up with Dr. Donna. So tell us yes. the history of this and the uh, the ordin- uh, how it originated. I'd be happy to. Thank you, Father Greg. I would follow Dr. Keel just about anywhere, and I do, um, very wholeheartedly and very wisely, I think. She has been a light for me and for my faculty. And over the past three years, I'm entering my fourth year at Pope John's, the greatest Catholic school anywhere. That's I, my humble opinion. Good for you. <laughs> uh, but I'm entering my fourth year. <laughs> And I remember the day I met Dr. Keel. I was on the phone with her, actually, and our then director of social-emotional learning, Yesenia Maldonado. And I was reaching out to Yesenia for some guidance around social-emotional learning and um, anti-racism work that I really wanted to embrace, but as a white woman was feeling kind of paralyzed by what my next steps were. I'd never been in such a beautiful, authentic place of diversity. And as a white woman, I wanted to do that well. And I wanted to do it kindly and compassionately and wisely. And so Yesenia hooked the two of us up. And I remember speaking to Dr. Keel on the phone. And we kind of had like a, you know, explosion of excitement mm-hmm. to know each other. And then I remember her saying to me, I'm standing up in my office. I was sitting down and I'm standing up. We have got to work together. And it's been the greatest gift to me because each year at Pope John, we peel back another layer of racial justice and social justice and Catholic social teaching work with a partnership that is really, truly based in compassion and empathy and led by Dr. Keel and her team. So I'm the luckiest. Beautiful. Dr. Keel, <laughs> Mark Tracy here. I'm uh, hey, Greg's cohort in crime. Co-pilot. Co-pilot. Uh, <laughs> I'm fascinated with the area you're working in, but what about a little background? How did you get to to this point in terms of your career? Yeah, let me um, let me take you a little far back and I'll try not to make this uh, a, a strong biography novel, but let me make it a short Reader's Digest version. Mm-hmm. Um, I began my journey in Catholic education very young at the in 1982 at Queen of Peace High School. And back in the 90s, Queen of Peace um, had this incident that happened of racial injustice at the school. And our response to that racial injustice, I was the assistant principal at the time, was I began an organization called CORE, C-O-R, the Latin word for heart, that really stood for Catholic schools opposing racism. And we began to band together. And so I, I was a, an assistant principal at Queen of Peace. We gathered all of the Catholic schools to say, what can we collectively do with student voice and faculty voice to be that response that is Catholic social justice. So that's back in the the 90s. I then became a principal of St. Joseph High School, which was incredibly, wonderfully um, rich with diversity of being a third African-American, a third uh, Latinx, and then a third Caucasian. And so we brought those principals there. Then flash forward as I completed my doctorate and came to DePaul University, the nation's largest Catholic university, which I love to to share. And as I began my term as a faculty member there, I had brought with me 30 years of Catholic schools, all who were committed to social justice. And uh, very wisely, our dean, Dr. Paul Zients, said, 
why don't we form an office a little bit different than um, perhaps what other universities do that is not only dedicated to supporting our Catholic K-12 schools, but also other organizations and other entities that are looking for high quality professional development that is focused on those essential elements of our Catholic social teaching. And whether those are public schools or Catholic schools, we have a commitment at DePaul to really instill in everything that we do our Vincentian values mm -hmm. of Catholic social justice and being multicultural urban educators. So then now take us to the pandemic, the very start of the pandemic, how this micro-credential emerged. I had been working in the field of micro-credentialing, which is a very distinctive way to offer any professional learning that is evidence-based. And so a micro-credential using the leverage of technology is a customized digital way to learn and then to showcase what you've learned through a digital badge so that you experience a learning that's very evidence-based, that you're actually creating something, then you earn this wonderful little digital badge. And picture a digital badge as kind of a, a really slick emoji. The difference is when someone clicks on that badge, it takes you to your body of work. It takes someone to say, here's what's happening um, with me and here's the skills I've had. So at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I was in a dialogue with the incredible Melissa Link who works for um, the Office of Catholic Schools. And we were talking about the challenges that were facing our Catholic schools of how do we really continue the, to have, thrive through the pandemic when at that time, at the beginning, families were wondering, why am I paying tuition for my student when they're learning at home on a computer or virtually? And I said, the reality of our Catholic schools from my lived experience as a teacher, as a principal, as an assistant principal and a counselor was that Catholic schools do something very distinctive. The integration of our faith is something that folks don't often get witness to unless you're in that classroom or you're walking along somebody as brilliant as Molly Cinnamon and you can hear the story. And so knowing the field of micro-credentialing and knowing the brilliance of our Catholic schools, Melissa and I, I came to this idea, Melissa, why don't DePaul, the nation's largest Catholic university, <laughs> create it. for it. our schools, yeah. <laughs> little showcase, um, create for our schools, a Catholic identity badge that would really showcase the incredible work that our teachers do on a daily basis and also give our teachers skills themselves. At that same time, the country was dealing with the murder of George Floyd and the racial insurrection that was happening and what we wanted, the reckoning that we already in the Catholic faith knew was important for us. And we, I knew in my heart that I had principals like Molly, especially Molly, who believed in racial justice and wanted that integrated into their work. So we created this incredible eight module online program. And I think the distinction of this Catholic identity micro-credential is that there are two essential parts to it. One is where teachers, staff, principals can deepen their own real conscious reflection of justice and deepen with cont contemplative practices, how they engage with our Catholic social teachings. They learn that, they demonstrate that skill, and then embedded in each of the modules are actual lesson plans and prompts for the teachers to take across all grade levels. So whether you are pre-K 
or your grade eights, there's a lesson plan that is a template for you to take this and to do it with your students, either virtually or now in person. And the model of those lesson plans, which is really pretty innovative, if I say so myself, is that the teacher and the students together collectively work on what we call a genius Catholic identity project. And so they work on what's what's a passion for you around your Catholic faith and around justice. How can you take that passion and then showcase it in your school to make positive change? We're going to go to a break here, but so we do this uh, while I'm taking to Donna, and that is when we come back, a great summary from uh, Donna is upon the return of the break from Mark is Molly, how does this actually play out? Everything that Don has said, and you've said so far, play out in the lives of the students and the parents at Pope John the 23rd. So, Mark, take us to break. WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. You go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Our guests are Dr. Donna Keel, Dr. Molly Cinnamon. We're continuing to talk about innovative ways to look at racial justice how do not only how do the young people in schools but how will that impact parish and how might some of these programs really be incorporated into the life of a parish in terms of their evangelization programs that's my little commercial we'll be back in a few minutes please stay tuned Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. This is year 44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. They see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed, what, what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> 
Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, continue to excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who have remained open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that meals are available for those experiencing hunger, to our service coordinators and our professional counselors who continue their vital work in innovative ways, to our food pantry staff and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. back WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Schools today on WNDZ 312-255-840 you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago before the break Father Greg um, was, had talked about a question he wanted me to share with Dr. Molly Cinnamon principal Pope John 23rd school it's my question too so I asked you, it first go ahead you want to hand? No, I asked, I asked that question. He just wanted credit for it. It's like extra credit work at school. Is that so, a is that a new shirt? So, pardon me. Are you wearing a new shirt? No, it's an old. That's shirt. right. That's what I thought. Oh my! Please pray for me, <laughs> ladies. Please. But uh, anyway, this goes on all the time, Molly and Donna. Seriously, but seriously. I would have been a handful in the classroom, Molly. Doctor Molly, seriously, yeah, how would you handle Greg? But anyway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so the, imp the impact of this program, I, I, uh, could you share with us, not only the classroom, what about impact in terms of parents and the mm -hmm. curriculum, how it's impacting them? And then my fascination would be, it's trickled down to parish. And yeah. what's the impact in the parish? So could you share, uh, Molly, share your insights on that? For sure. Um, I would say you can't do this work without parents. So that's because the parent is the child's first teacher. Mm -hmm. And the partnership between school and home is significant. The thing that I have in my back pocket a little bit is this. I had a huge career in public education before I discovered Catholic education. Mm. I became a Catholic in my 40s. Oh. And that was a choice that I made as an adult. So it means everything to me. Um, but when you have faith in your back pocket, when you are working with children and families, no matter what the issue, it's like a superpower. Um, there's things you can accomplish in a Catholic school, as Donna was mentioning earlier, that you cannot accomplish the same way in a public school. And I will never not work in Catholic ed, and I will never not work in diversity because of my experiences thus far. Um, the parents are key. And I will tell you with true transparency, and I'm sure Donna will echo me, is that this work is hard. It is not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. 
it can cause a lot of angst Mm -hmm. and fear and anxiety, right? When you Mm -hmm. start to bring out some of the harder things to talk about when it comes to racial injustice or racism, the racism is everywhere. And once you start to do a deep dive and own your own um, biases, which is a lot of what Dr. Donna teaches me and my staff, and of course now my children and families, you have to do that work first because that empathy is what creates the sharing place for growth. And also for the pain that goes along with this. This is a very painful process. So Donna, have and, you had, Donna, have you had, or excuse me, uh, Molly, have you had yeah. parents push back? Yes, I have. Um, and it's actually been kind of a blessing because it's a reminder that you need to slow down and you need to be more thoughtful about what you're doing because I need my parents to feel that I am their trusted partner in their child's educational development. We believe in that power of encuentro, like you meet someone at the door and you accompany them on their journey. But I've got kids of color, black and brown children and families and parish parishioners who are counting on me. Um, I remember when uh, George Floyd was murdered, I remember calling Dr. Keel from a walk. It was summertime, but we had been closed and remotely teaching, we weren't closed. We were pivoting to remote during that spring And I remember reaching out to her and saying, I need my kids of color and families of color to know that I'm thinking of them. What do I do? How do I do that? And I remember reaching out to my pastors and Father Tito and Father Kevin and saying, I need your help. We've got to pull together and let people know that we're here for them and that we we are so saddened in this loss and that school is a safe and compassionate place to come to learn. And when you said, I think it was Father Greg who said it, trickles down to the parishes, I would argue that it trickles up because Mm -hmm. we are um, at a time when it's the Catholic church is suffering uh, enrollment and attendance and all of these things. And if you can create this partnership and if you can create this safe, compassionate, loving place to go to church and go to school, your enrollment will go up. Your attendance will go up. Your donations will go up. Um, We shouldn't make it harder to come to church Right now, we should make it easier, more inclusive. I agree. More inviting and collaborative. Can, yeah. can I give you a little vignette? And then um, sure. maybe um, Dr. Donna and Dr. Molly could respond to it. So our, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I, uh, our two youngest daughters are adopted from Mexico. And uh, mm-hmm. when they came, our little daughter was in the playground and sitting next to one of the other mothers. Now, this I don't think this was intended uh, anyway, the mother says to my wife, did you know she was going to be this dark? Hmm. And my wife said, isn't she beautiful? Um, yeah, correct. So uh, sometimes there are subtleties in how people see mm-hmm. things. That yeah. Maybe, oh, yeah. Uh, how, how do you react to something like that? Especially in, I mean, in yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a great. How, how do you teach? And, and Donna, Donna has a, a line that she has taught me. It's not a line. It's it's a it's a mindset. And I'm going to let her talk about this. Okay. But she, she has taught me to say in moments like that. And I thought your wife handled it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Actually, I love what your wife said back to the other mother. But the response that I've learned from Donna to take with me everywhere I go is, "Hmm, that doesn't sit well with me." Oh. Good. Yeah, that's a way to, um, to do that. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, thank you so much, Molly. And part of uh, Greg, I, I echo that your wife handled it from a place of love. 
part of what we try to train teachers in and staff and parents and anyone affiliated with our programs is the emotional context and where bias lives in us and where mm. um, what and to do that through the lens of faith. And so what's really significant is to be able to tap into, and I'd love at some point to ever talk to your wife about what she felt mm -hmm. the yes. moment that she heard that that real that uh, that little twinge of a bias that and I agree with you, Greg, not intentional on the other person's behalf, but also is part of if this was a white person saying to her of who we are as white people. The other key is knowing what would Jesus say mm. and what would God say? And so we know through all of our Catholic teachings that we're called to be these justice advocates. And so I love how your wife came at that from a place of love. And there would be another way that we would also train folks in of not only saying, I wonder why you noticed that. Mm. I wonder why mm -hmm. that was important to you. And she's beautiful, but I wonder why that occurred to you. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and Molly's, you know, we've often, we're often as, as folks who are white in in environments where someone might say something very unintentional and but it is that marker of seeing a different and seeing someone as the other mm -hmm. rather than someone as members of our god's family and seeing the face of god and the other and so in those moments we have those abilities to check in with where it lands in us you know that emotion that we feel in our bodies and in our hearts from a faith perspective how do we reply with justice and kindness mm -hmm. and some and giving someone giving folks those you also need cognitively phrases to say so this doesn't sit well with me or i'm com i'm uncomfortable with that comment mm -hmm. i love my daughter's lovely i'm a, i'm a bit that's that's uncomfortable i'd love to know more and engaging in a dialogue instead of yes. putting a wall and uh -huh. you know you asked a great question about have you had molly had resistance to um the idea of racial racial justice and social justice in our schools. And Molly invited us at DePaul, and I have brilliant faculty who join me in this work who are people of color. The largest Catholic university in, in the, the country. country. The largest Catholic Thank university. Thank you very much. Paul. The dean is going to be so proud of me for embedding that. They in are. Um, it's a great university. <laughs> I'm sorry are. for interrupting. Um, I love it. I, it's a great interruption. But in that moment with my colleagues of color, what we were able to do with those faculty, with those parents who were expressing some of their resistance is to be that model of empathy and faith that is our social teachings of being able to invite them and say to them, we hear you, we understand you. So rather than pushing back against their pushback of being able to say, tell me more about what you're feeling. Tell me more about what you're fearing that could happen if we talk about social justice with our children. And we learned from that experience. Mm -hmm. And I believe this strongly about all the programs that we do at DePaul, that it is essential that everything that we do in this professional learning space includes everyone in the community. So parents and teachers and staff, the bus driver, the cafeteria worker, mm -hmm. the playground folks, the parish staff, all of us come together because we surround those children who are entrusted to our care. I was in a Lasallian school for a long time and the words of St. John Baptist de Lasalle are like emblazoned in my heart that we are obligated to touch the hearts of those entrusted to our care. And so that means everybody's heart. That's a great, great way to end the program. But before we close, 
Molly, give us information to learn more about Pope John the Twenty Third. If a parent would like to send their child to the school, a oh, phone yes. number and a website. Absolutely, I'd be honored to do that. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, we are at www. Pope John the Twenty Third. So it's P O P E J O H N two three dot org, and our phone number is eight four seven four seven five five six seven eight. And, and it's number a once fabulous. again. Beautiful place. The phone number once again, Molly? Sure. 847-475-5678. And it's the greatest faculty you'll ever find. I have to give them a Tremendous school. Had great six years. They're doing this work with me. So it's amazing. And give my best to the entire faculty. I'm sure there are many faculty members that are still present when I left in 2016. It's a tremendous, strong, faith-based faculty. Well, I think in a very sure special way. I sure will, Father Greg. Thank you, Molly. Dr. Donna Keel, the director at the Office of Innovative Professional Learning at DePaul University, the largest Catholic university in America, <laughs> and Dr. <laughs> Molly Cinnamon, principal of Pope John the Twenty Third, a tremendous school, archdiocese. To Donna and Molly, thank you very, very much for joining us this morning. Your enthusiasm just blurted right through. Yeah, God, it's God bless both of you. It's beautiful. You're listening to uh, Catholic Schools Today on WNDZ 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You also get us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi. Stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. And again, do not touch that dial. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. I can't imagine myself going into any other school. Our school fosters growth by being a backbone to our family. My kids are incredibly well-rounded. I see a lot of kindness in them on a daily basis. One of the things I think Catholic schools do well is personalize the learning experience. You can hear joy in the classrooms. I feel that like I'm happy that I am in this kind of school. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artschicago.org slash findaschool. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. 
It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago. with a special edition today of Catholic Schools Today on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Get us also on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sakowitz and Mark Teresi. Mark, that was an incredibly informative, delightful first half. Boy. And Donna and Molly are just fired up with enthusiasm. And DePaul and John, uh, and John the 23rd, are they lucky to have leaders like that. And they work so They're well dynamic. together yeah. and moving the whole needle forward. I think it's just tremendous. And tackling very tough issues. Yes. Sometimes we take racism for granted, like, oh, it's not out there. It is. It is. It is, even in very subtle ways. Uh, like, what an inc- incredible story you shared about Mary. Yeah. With, with Dolce? Dolce, yeah. Dolce, and it's a, you know, just phenomenal. Again, 312-255-8408. Great second half program lined up. The Office of Catholic Schools understands the importance of supporting school leaders and students. Through the new Director of Inclusive Education, schools can now contact Amy Lindell, who will help them provide the best resources for students with inclusive educational needs. With the addition of a, direct, of a Director of Federal Funds, Catholic schools will be able to continue to provide resources and training for teachers, staff, and students. With us, Amy Lindell, Director of Inclusive Education, the Office of Catholic Schools in Chicago, and Michelle Walters, the Director of Federal Funds, Office of Catholic Schools. Amy, Michelle, good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning. Are you bright-eyed and chippy-tailed this morning? <laughs> uh, this Monday morning? Yes. Do you realize that uh, five weeks ago today was the July 4th holiday, and four weeks from today is Labor Day? It's like, where has the summer gone? It's just flying, flying by. So maybe for a moment, uh, either Amy or Michelle take the lead on this whole inclusive education and federal connection. So we'd like to kind of talk about the uh, how, how it started, how it's hooked into parishes, and uh, what difference does it make. So either Michelle or Amy. You can take the first lead. So um, thank you so much for the introduction and having us on. This is great. Um, And so there is a connection with the parishes and federal funds and inclusive education where we get proportionate share dollars where we can best help schools and augment them further up and help meet the needs of children and families and students in the community. And one of the great things that Michelle and I are able to do and we'll be able to do is work together to best meet the needs of our school community by seeing how can we leverage school supports 
with helping teachers become better teachers to meet the needs of general education students, also inclusive education students, and other students of differing learning needs. So it's just a really exciting time at this point to work with Michelle and to have the vision forward to see how we can best support everyone and go into like a thriving school environment. So Amy, for our, for our listeners and watchers on YouTube, uh, what's your definition of inclusive education? It's a great question. I think my definition of inclusive education is someone with a differing learning need. So we are having an inclusive model where we can incorporate all types of learning needs rather than if it's a speech learning or something with ABA services or something with a 504 and maybe we have a child who has diabetes. Like it doesn't, it's not a one size fits all too. It's any type of differing or accommodations or supports that are needed to provide differentiated learning and to provide an inclusive environment. And so you can't just pigeonhole it and say, oh, it's just children who have X or just children who have Y. Um, we wanna do a more encompassing holistic approach. And then along those lines, how do you step in Michelle for the federal funding? Um, I step in by helping the principals utilize their funds if they receive anything. So we, my, my role is to reach out to suburban Catholic schools to help them get their consultations in order, make sure they have a plan as to what they would like to do with any funding that they receive. And then for the Chicago Catholic schools, working with CPS in order to get those schools what they need for their children that are titled. Um, allowable. Now, Michelle, give an example of a particular school, grammar school or high school, approaches for federal funding. I'll give an example of a particular program that it could be applied for. Well, in my experience, I, I just left the role of um, principal at St. Christopher's School in Midlothian. Oh. How, and, long you, how long were you there, by the way? Um, four years. God bless you. Didn't that Thanks. parish merge? Did Christopher's merge with another parish? They did. St. Stanislaus and Posen. Oh, okay. They did merge. Okay. And they just, they're now, you know, in the tail end of it right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in that school, um, being able to reach out to the many LEAs, the, the local education agencies, to help receive funds for St. Christopher's School, for example. Um, I had at least 10 different districts to try to reach out to receive funding for those students. And it helped a lot. I mean, some of the programs that we used were, um, we would incorporate title funding. I mean, we would incorporate um, tutoring after school or before school to help those that are at risk, those students that might be on the verge of needing that extra help. So we were able to do that year after year, except for one with the pandemic. Um, any kind of programs that we need, are I ready to help with assessment and online instruction? We were able to use title funding for that as well. That's great. You know, we're gonna take a little break uh, and then we'll be back Catholic schools today on WNDZ 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You go to YouTube. 
facebook.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're with Amy Lindell, Director of Inclusive Education, Office of Catholic Schools, and Michelle Walthers, Director of Federal Funds, Office of Catholic Schools. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about maybe programs available to deal with our young folks who have gone through this pandemic and, and really anxiety-ridden approaches that we've had to education. Um, we'll be back and we'll continue our conversation. Please stay tuned. Catholic Charities offers a wide variety of volunteer opportunities to those who want to share their time and help us serve people in need. Whether it's stocking the shelves of our food pantries, helping refugees learn the English language, tutoring school-aged children, becoming a mentor to young adults, sorting clothes in our clothing rooms, serving hot meals to those who are facing homelessness, or delivering meals and making cards to lift the spirits of our homebound seniors, we are deeply grateful to all those who want to join in our mission of mercy. Volunteer opportunities are updated weekly for people of all ages at ccofchicagovolunteer.com or just call us at 312-655-7053. That's 312-655-7053. Thank you for helping us follow Jesus' call to serve our neighbors in need. People always say, how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say, my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really, you are changing lives. You are molding lives. Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org schooljobs. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. back Catholic schools today on WNDZ 750 a.m. 312-258-8408 you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago we're with Amy Lindell director of inclusive education office of Catholic schools and Michelle Walters director of federal funds Amy maybe first um, 
a little background. This is a fascinating position. How, how did you end up in, in, with this position? What, what, what's a little bit of background that you, you can... What's your background lead up to this? <laughs> yes. Um, so prior to this, I was actually working at Chicago Public Schools. Oh. Um, yes. And so I was working at CPS prior to this um, in the non-public program. So I was actually doing some most of this work at the CPS side, um, along with working with English language learners, mm-hmm. uh, with coordinating testing analysis, et cetera, with that. Um, and prior to that, I was actually a nonprofit. And what drew me to this at CPS is I wanted to go into education. And I've just seen how well students can literally thrive if they get the supports that they need. And like on a personal level, like my niece gets, she has an IEP and she gets supports that she needs. And to see how much she has grown and Mm -hmm. really come into her own with the supports has been just awe-inspiring. And so it's something that's close to my heart on a personal level, but also just on a level, a macro level, Mm -hmm. how I think we all should. I grew up within the Catholic, I'm a product of the Catholic education system from pre-K three through grad school. Are you from so, Chicago, Amy? I am not. I'm actually from Denver. Oh, um, Denver. Pre-K three. I grew three. up in Denver and then went to SLU for undergrad and then Loyola Chicago for grad school. Are you a big Yay, Denver Loyola. are you a big Denver Bronco fan? I am a big Denver Bronco fan Uh-oh. actually. Uh oh. Oh we could talk he's football. Gonna, he's gonna turn He's going to turn your microphone off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, <laughs> they have some really good years and then some really not so good years. It sounds like the Bears mostly just bad years. Now, Michelle, <laughs> what about you in terms of Catholic education? You're committed. You're a principal at St. Christopher's, and now you're moving into this position. What about your history that brought you to um, this? Well, I was a well, I attended St. Jerome in the Bridgeport area when I was quite small, kindergarten, first Mm -hmm. grade, and then St. Gerald's in Oak Lawn. Oh, sure. And my first teaching position was at St. Jerome in the same classroom that I had been taught. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. I had stayed um, not very long with Catholic schools. I did get a um, position where I recently retired a few years back uh, at Posen Robbins. I was there for 20 years as a language arts teacher. Oh, wow. And uh, since I know the community pretty well and where St. Christopher is in Midlothian, I pretty much applied for the position when I found out that they needed a principal and I received that role, that position and, you know, have been working closely with the community and the parish. I even have some students, at least eight of them who came with their own children to enroll them in the preschool and the kindergarten program. Wow, wow, wow. So that was pretty exciting for yeah, me that my it. students locally came with their own children. That's, that's amazing. That's, now, that's, and that's, then that's, now, that's a great story. Now moving to this position, what prompted you to move uh, to this position now? Uh, well, I, I really had no intention of applying for this position. Um, the superintendent, Greg Richmond, was on a a visit, you know, as he does every Wednesday. And we talked about federal funding and how I had, 
we tried to reach out to all the local LEAs for our students and able to really use those resources and services. And he asked if I would apply and I thought really hard about it and I applied and I got the position. So I have a small working knowledge of St. Christopher School reaching out to those other LEAs and um, I plan on doing the same. With your background, Michelle, it fits in beautifully with what you're doing now because uh, as much as a, a new position is an, a big, huge change, but you've got some background in this, plus your great history. So we're going to another break here. So, Mark, well, wait, I, want break. You, I want you to tell um, both Amy and Michelle because their stories are similar in this way. I think it's divine providence, but tell them your definition of that. A coincidence? Yeah. Uh, you'll love this. A coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. It's great. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. We say, oh, what a coincidence. No, it's God weaving, threading through our lives in a very mysterious way. So Mark, exactly. take us to break. And allows both of you to share your gifts in new, new and exciting ways, I think. So here we are, Catholic Schools Today, WNDZ. We're taking a little break, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz. Mark Tracy, youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. You can see our beautiful, shining, smiling faces. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artchicago.org slash findaschool.
We're back, Catholic Schools Today on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Our guests this morning in this segment are Amy Lindell, Director of Inclusive Education, Office of Catholic Schools, Michelle Walthers, Director of Federal Funds, Office of Catholic Schools. Maybe a question um, to both of you. Um, what are your dreams for the, your position? Well, I mean, you look down the road and you think, boy, you know, you take the gifts that we talked about in your last segment and it really clicks the way you'd like it to click. Amy, what about you first and then Michelle? My hope is that schools and parents understand what is possible and what we can do. I think too often people, just in general, mm -hmm. think like, oh, my child has an IEP and therefore the Catholic education system is totally unattainable for me. And my hope for the future is that there can be more conversations. So the first thought isn't an automatic no mm -hmm. when a parent sees an IEP or their child has an IEP with the Catholic education system. And we can really take the program and expand it so a child can receive the services they need and still be able to obtain or like have a Catholic education system and have their inclusive needs met. And you're, you're basically saying to people, it's a new day. It's a new day in terms of Catholic education. Just briefly, our youngest special needs years ago, in kindergarten and in Catholic school. And my wife's dual certified and, I had to say to my wife, "This is she's not going to get what she needs here. Those days are, sounds like from what you're saying, you want those days to be over and ha have parents keep an open mind in terms of what their needs might be, special needs. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Michelle, what about you in terms of your dreams? Um, my dreams hopefully are to have the local public school districts be able to work closely with the principals, whether um, they need it for resources or services to help the students that are most at risk. Um, also really to help uh, give professional development to all the educators in the Catholic school system, mm -hmm. because that too is a type of service that you can use with title funding to help keep our teachers on top of things, being educated, getting the professional development they need, whether it's reading, math, to help our students, all of our students, not just those that are in need. That's wonderful. Along those very same lines, we talk about your dreams and your hopes, which is very well articulated. The other side of the coin is, what sometimes frustrates you the most or the biggest myth about what you do? I mean, it wouldn't be nice when we go to work, it was all very positive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. No. And so doesn't. maybe for you, Amy, in the work you do, what is the biggest myth you try to clear up with people or what frustrates you the most at the present time? Knowing that you talk about hope and dreams, which are very real and they were excellent responses, but the other side of the coin. I'd say the biggest myth is if a child has a 504 and IEP, they won't thrive. Mm -hmm. I think that is something that is a myth and is tied up with stigma, but it is something I'm very passionate about because I think if your child does have a need that would be met with inclusive education, that does not mean 
it's a life sentence and your child will fail. It quite opposite. Your child could get supports and thrive and do amazing with their life. And I think that is a myth that is very prevalent mm-hmm. um, within education. Do you, sometimes with struggle, do you sometimes struggle having parents believe that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just having, yeah, having parents believe that and thinking that if a child gets speech therapy at four years old, that's going to have an impact when they're 30 years old, you know, and it's, it's okay. And it is your child can still succeed just as much, if not more with getting the supports. And it is not like a life sentence mm-hmm. and it is not a detriment and it's not a reflection of any type of bad parenting or anything similar to that, to have any type of, of evaluation or inclusive needs for your child. Excellent. How about that's you? a great point? Great, great response. How about for you, uh, Michelle? I think the big myth for me is that people understand that Catholic school, non-public school students should receive title funding. Some believe they should not receive it. That that they're not entitled to it, and but they are. All non-public schools are entitled to some form of uh, title funding irregardless of whether we receive the funds in our hands or not, we still, uh, the myth is, oh, you're a Catholic school, you're a private school, you don't deserve to have any funding from the government. But but we do, and the law, you know, helps us to get that provided. And you, and you being an advocate for that. Yes. Yeah, that's a great position to have for our archdiocese. I want to thank in a very special way, in both Michelle and Amy, uh, you're both so young mm-hmm. and so articulate and filled with enthusiasm, but the work you do is hard work, but again, we're all in this together. Right, and everybody's young compared to us. Well, uh, yeah, well but yeah, <laughs> I think you're right about that, Mark, and, uh, and, they're, and they're getting younger. And uh, the tremendous work that it's all connected, rooted in our Lord Jesus Christ, into the, into the parishes, working with the schools together. So I want to thank in a very special way Amy Lindell, the Director of Inclusive Education, the Office of Catholic Schools and the Archdiocese, and Michelle Walters, the Director of Federal Funds, Office of Catholic Schools. Amy and Michelle, you've been two wonderful guests. Yes, God thank bless you. you. Continued summer blessings. We move into the new school year. It's going by too quickly. Special thanks to co-host Mark Teresi. Mark, it's been great being with you. To our producer, Jasmine Kiddos, our engineer, Michael May, Brian Hockey, Hitman Brock. To everybody, God bless. Enjoy the week one day at a time. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.